0: the quality of the answers you get in life are determined by the quality of the questions you ask. Tony Robbins says that, right? So you, if you ask a better question, you'll get a better answer. So I'm gonna ask you all a series of questions. First question is, if every occupation say, paid the same money, what would you pick?
1: I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Then I met my boy, David E. yeah. I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Then I'm boy, David E. Simons. Yeah. Discovery. Discover my gift. yeah, yeah. Discover my gift. yeah, yeah. I am so honored and excited to have a friend, a brother, uh, uh, a world-renowned speaker, a life-changing life coach, uh, a humanitarian and minister. A father, uh, a leader of leaders. I'm so honored to have De La Toro L. McNeil on the line and on how I discovered my gift. I'm going to read his bio. It's phenomenal. I, I'm honored to have a relationship, personal relationship with De La Toro. But I, for those that don't know him, you're going to get to know him in this interview. And for those that already know, you already know. Okay. So, um, so, as an internationally renowned peak performance expert, keynote speaker, and best-selling author, Delatoro has spoken in 49 of the 50 US states and abroad and has delivered more than 4000 presentations over the past 15 years to major corporations, professional associations, conventions, pro sports teams, churches, and leadership conferences. Notable clients include Johnson & Johnson, New York Life, JP Morgan Chase, Prudential, Accenture, and a host of others. If that's not enough, Delatoro holds the prestigious CSP designation, the highest international recognition of professional speaking excellence, and is in the top 7% of paid professional speakers worldwide. That is key. (laughs) Uh, He has also been featured on national and worldwide television networks such as uh, Fox, ABC, NBC, BET, TBN, Daystar, and Oxygen, as well as other syndicated radio shows all across America. Del Toro earned his master's degree in human performance enhancement from Florida State University. His personal mission is to help individuals and organizations grow to the next level. He didn't say go to the next level, grow to the next level. He has authored six books, working on a few more, and uh, and over a dozen personal growth and personal professional development courses. Del Toro is also the founder of the Full Throttle Experience, if you haven't heard about that conference, it's a Life <laughs> changing Conference, a three-day to five-day annual leadership entrepreneurship <laughs> conference hosted in Florida um, with hundreds of people who have attended at this at high-energetic motorcycle-themed leadership and business success event. As a peak performance expert, Delatoro partners with Fortune 500 corporations, professional associations, and entrepreneurs to drastically improve organizational effectiveness, employee morale and productivity, training and development, teamwork, sales, performance, and communication strategies. AKA, you need to book Del. That's that's the Delatoro travels the globe, empowering. Diverse audiences with his hard hitting, experiential, high energy, content rich, and paradigm shifting keynotes, seminars, and extreme team building programs. He's a proud and active member of the National Speakers Association and the Global Speakers Federation. I would like to welcome again Delatoro McNeil to the show. Thank you for coming What's on. going
0: on? What's going on, David D. Simons, man? I'm so remarkably excited, delighted, and honored to be on this platform with you, man. And I'm really, really excited to know you and have known you for the last, what, eight years? Wow. Man, it's been a remarkable journey and an incredible ride. And and you're one of those individuals. I call you an onion because there's so many layers to you. And every time you peel back one, there's something else and there's something else. But it's always deep and rich and full and awesome. And so I'm very, very blessed and fortunate to to uh, have our relationship be so multifaceted and so thank you for allowing me to be a brother in your life a friend in your life thank you for allowing me to be a mentor a coach um, advisor um, just uh, just so many different hats right that we get a chance to wear and exchange and so I'm very really excited thought partner right so prayer partner so um, I, I'm grateful for you and I'm grateful for this platform and I'm excited for your listeners and what we're gonna encounter today
1: Oh, awesome, Dell. I mean I could spend a whole episode just telling you all about this Dell is the person, just a phenomenal person who has been to into me in my life and the impact he's had drastic. I literally could go through a whole episode of the impact, uh just from the moment we met to, to today. Just, you know, remarkable. But I, I wanna I, I wanna make sure we get to the to the things that I know the people are gonna be pulling on you from. So so Dell, can you just take us through your journey? I know that's a very broad aspect, but just take us through the journey of how you got started in your role and what you do in this world. Just take us from childhood to now.
0: Yeah, so for me, right? So part of my story, and I think you know it's it's important that you kind of look back, right? One of the things that I encourage everyone to do is in your journey, you know, it's important to look back because I really believe that everything that God wants you to do uh, was already on the hard drive, right? So I believe that your best content is your story it's your message it's your journey it's your sojourn right it's your path and um i believe that god gives us all unique individual paths to walk and so for me you know um i i appreciate all the remarkable accomplishments and accolades every time i hear someone introduce me or read my bio i'm having an outer body experience as it's happening because in my mind i believe it all and i know i was there for it all right but it's like i I feel like there's so much more to do man it's like it's crazy so Man, I'm, I'm just a humble dude from Florida who was fortunate enough, I really, if you were to ask me what's one of the greatest things that God blessed me with, I would honestly say that he blessed me to figure out relatively early what I was supposed to be doing with my life. And on top of that, now that I trace it back, he gave me um, parents and he gave me the, the upbringing to support what it is I'm doing. Here's what I mean by that. I didn't have a lot of advantages growing up. Came from a very, very middle-class upbringing. I was raised in a single-parent home. Uh, my mom was a Sunday school teacher and an English teacher. So if you're going to be Olivia's kid, you had to be able to talk, right? So I have one other older brother named Michael. My, Michael took the musician routes. So my brother's been a, a drummer in the church, local church, for like 30 plus years. And so I took the the communication route. So, from the top, to as, long, as early as I can remember, David, I was always required to do the, all the longest parts in the Easter play, Christmas play. I had to play Jesus, Moses, Abraham, Isaac. Every time there was a play, I had to get the long lines. And I'm like, what the heck is this about? Right? And what a lot of people don't understand is that. So, so I'm, I'm memorizing pages and pages of lines. My best friends. Get Jesus what They get like one line, one sentence, right? They got to play like a donkey or whatever. I got to play like a main character. I got to memorize all this stuff. So, and my mom used to, every time there was a play, every time there was a production, every time I had to do anything, my mom would sit three or four rows back from the front. She's like, I
1: can't hear you.
0: Use your hands more, articulate. She would use all these gestures. To coach me as a kid, I'm like four or five, to be more dynamic in front of um, in front of people, and so she didn't know then that she was grooming. I get chill I'm just thinking about it. She didn't know then that she was grooming the person that I am today, uh, because then you know, you know, she had no clue that this industry really fully existed, right? Because if you think about it, just as a quick aside, like the personal development industry is relatively new. I mean. The greats that we all admire and respect—the Dennis Waitleys, right? The 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 the, 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 um, the, the, the Tom Hopkins, right? Uh, Zig Ziglar, Les Brown, right? The people that we, the Tony Robbins, right? The people that we call the the, the Brian Tracy's, the folks that we would cause the Connie Podesta's. These people that we consider the the sages on the stage. I mean, they the, that that was only 30, 40 years ago. Right. So this profession of being a speaker and full time motivational speaker, whatever, whatever, it's not like this goes back five, six hundred years. It doesn't go back to being a lawyer or a doctor, which goes back centuries. This goes back relatively recently. I'm saying that to say. God really put a unique gift in my life. And so my, my mom raised me and my brother predominantly as a single parent. My parents divorced when I was two. But my dad was a really big influence in my upbringing as well, David, because my, my father was shot in the upper back twice, fighting for you and I in the Vietnam War, left on the battlefield for dead. True story. They literally took my dad and they put him into a heap of dead soldiers. They discounted, said, okay, everybody's dead. All that, the whole group is dead. And there was somebody that saw my dad's eyes and my father's eyes were blinking feverishly, right? And someone said, grab that one, grab that one, because he had been shot in the upper back. So he he was paralyzed from the waist down, so he couldn't, couldn't move. But they pulled him out of this heap full of dead soldiers and they rehabilitated him. My dad could have sat back on a government check his whole life as a disabled veteran, but he decided to become the national director of the Paralyzed Veterans Association of America in Arlington, Virginia for over 12 years. And so he's created policy for disabled veterans all across America. And I say that to say that my work ethic and my commitment to overcoming obstacles really came from co- watching my mom raise me as a single parent, working two jobs and watching my dad achieve the impossible from a wheelchair. So, you know, I, there's, there's a level of, there's a level of grit. There's a level of, of determination. There's a level of bounce back ability that I believe that that is in in me innately that just won't quit, right? <laughs> and I feel like I'm like the Rocky Balboa of the speaking industry because I don't have every advantage, right, uh, to be in this industry. I'm, you know, you know, to, to be to be considered one of the best in, in the speaking industry today. And I didn't have a 30 year career in corporate America. I didn't have a pro sports career like some of my friends have to lean on. I didn't work for Disney or some big Google. Or I don't, I don't have any of those major pillars. That a lot of my colleagues and constituents and contemporaries have that they could lean on as their credibility in this industry. I don't have any of that. My credibility came from being committed to being better and being committed to being excellent and just figuring out a few things as a high achiever. And I didn't start off as a high achiever. I started out having problems in school when I was in the sixth grade. I had a lot of academic challenges growing up, David. and I was put into a classroom full of all at-risk kids. They said, basically, you guys aren't going to amount to much of anything. So your chances of, of really manifesting your vision are, are going to be limited. So, And isn't it funny how they begin to start to look at how big of prison cells they need to build in cities based upon the, the children's grades in the fifth and sixth grade. They start looking at your academic performance in the fifth and sixth grade, David, to determine how big of a prison cell they need to build in that city to house you, especially African Americans and Latinos. So it's so crazy how, I mean, that's how they begin to start studying population. They study population demographics and academic performance at that young of an age to determine whether this person is going to go to jail or not. Isn't that crazy? So I, I say that to encourage everyone right now that's listening. If you're a parent and you're listening to this, it is so vitally important what you say and what you speak into your kids' lives because our kids rise to or they fall to our level of expectation of them. That's number one. Second thing is go back to your own childhood and see those different places where you were discounted. I love something that Tyler Perry says. He says, I love being underestimated. He said, "Because it's easy to outperform, <laughs> right?" He says, "I love being I love being underestimated, because easy it's easy to see is to exceed your expectations because you don't really have any." It's almost like Martin Lawrence. He said, "He, a man that sleeps on the floor can't fall out of bed, right? Oh. <laughs> Same notion, right? So don't, don't get upset. I want to encourage everybody who's ever been discounted. Don't get upset when people discount you. Don't get upset when people minimize you. Don't get upset when people have low expectations because you're going to blow their expectations out of the water because they don't really have it. And that's actually pretty cool, right? Yeah. So let your success speak for you. Don't worry about getting revenge, just be successful. And the, the more you're successful, it'll keep heap, it'll heap co- coals on their head. Right. The more you just go out there and execute. So um, I, I know this is a long answer to your question, but I'm trying to do some teaching as I'm telling yeah. the story to basically help people understand that, you know, for me, bro, it was really just, <sighs> I took a lot of the disadvantages that I had in my childhood in terms of my mom remarried a bunch of years later and 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 you know, she my, my stepdad was a kind of a tyrant. He was he was very, very abusive, physically abusive to my mom, emotionally abusive to my mom. He was a deacon in the church. So you had this conundrum, right? You had this conundrum of, okay. You know, he's a deacon in the church. So on Sunday, he's lifted up holy hands and teaching Sunday school and all that stuff. But then during the week, me and my brother had to watch him be very physically aggressive with my mom. And so I I, I wanted to escape. You know, I I didn't really like being at home much. So when as soon as I was 14 years old, I got my first job. And what people don't understand is while... While I got my first job at 14 because I wanted to help my mom. I wanted to make sure that I could buy my little gold chain with my nameplates. So I can give it to my girlfriend. You know, I want to do all that little stuff, right? So I wanted to get i wanted to get my first job as soon as I was able to work for two reasons. One, I wanted to make sure that I didn't have to ask my mom for money to do basic stuff. But I also wanted to escape from the house. I wanted to, to get out of the house so that that way I could, you know, uh, have more wholeness. Now, let me, let me, let, me, let me share how life comes full circle. My daughter just turned 14. My oldest daughter's name is Miracle. She just turned 14. Now, Miracle just started working at McDonald's. My first job was at Winn-Dixie. Miracle's first job is at McDonald's. But the beautiful thing is I was able to eliminate the negative reason why I started working from her existence. (laughs) Come on, somebody. Because part of the reason why I started working was because I was trying to escape being at home because I didn't want to be around that toxic home environment beautiful thing is Miracle doesn't have a toxic home environment. She has a loving, powerful, blessed environment. You know, me and her mother aren't together anymore, but we co-parent very well and she is loved and adored. She has aunties and uncles all over the planet. Everybody who knows, oh my God, you're Del Toro's daughter. So the girl has great credibility. So I I say that to say, even those of us who have had challenging backgrounds as kids, Mm -hmm. make it your obligation your responsibility to make sure that you break the curse. And that the things that set you back don't set your kids back. And that that way they bless your kids. I get chills just thinking about that, David. I've never said that before. I've never said that except on this podcast. But I believe it's powerful because I think we have the ability to sift out the things that harmed us and give our kids a better advantage, a better opportunity at life, a better chance to succeed at life. And um, and so that's 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 what I'm excited about. So my work ethic developed when I was early on in my life and I saw a footprint of positivity, uh, work ethic, and I saw a footprint of intentionality. And so, for me, from, from from the time I was young, man, I had a gift to communicate, to speak, um, to be somewhat articulate. That came with some disadvantages because when I was in school, uh, I was called an Oreo uh, because I grew up in, in 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 middle class in Tampa, Florida in a suburbs called Brandon area. I was called and that. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was called an Oreo because I was black on the outside and white on the inside. And um, and, I, and I and I hurt it hurt because I was I was discounted by a lot of people that looked like me, but I was accepted by the people that didn't look like me. And so it was like an oxymoron. And then during the week, I was going to mostly white schools and being ostracized by most of my black friends. But then on the weekend, I went to an all black church and <laughs> and was loved and adored. <laughs> so it was just like it was this, it was this constant. Um, Paradoxical incongruency and dualistic inconsistency. Jeez. <laughs> professor. So, so, so it was just, it was just, it was this, it was this constant, just back and forth and, and it was perplexing for me, but I was able to find my groove. Student leadership got involved as, as a student leader, and I began to figure out that I had a gift. And so what I want to encourage everyone to do is as I'm sharing my story, I hopefully you're taking away tangible, nuggets here because I want you to discover the greatness that God's put on the inside of you as well. And I figured out that I was here to inspire and encourage people. And I figured out that I had a gift to be able to communicate. And so I started studying the greats, the Tony Robbins, the Les Browns, listening to cassettes in my car, et cetera. Et cetera. My mom, my parents never listened to motivational material. I know some people who grew up with parents who were in Amway or some other, you know, like direct sales or network marketing, and that's all they heard. That wasn't the case. I heard mostly gospel music and R&B and jazz in the car, et cetera, et cetera. Um, my mom didn't like cuss words. My mom didn't like any music that had the N-word in it. To this day, I don't like songs that have the N-word in it. So my, my daughters know that I don't play that music in my house. Uh, and I listen to mostly instrumental hip hop. If I'm going to listen to hip hop, it's mostly instrumental. I, like I can just do without the words because the words don't really edify and build. And so, um, But my, my, my point in sharing that with you is that I wasn't. A lot of people think, oh well. A lot of people excuse their 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 process by saying, oh well, my parents didn't have that, so or they didn't give me that, so because they didn't give it to me, then I don't, I'm I, I'm not allowed to have it. Well, no, just because you weren't born on third base doesn't mean you can't acquire those skills. And what I mean by that is, like I said, my parents didn't listen to motivational material. I sought that stuff out because I wanted to find a, a way to feed that part of me that wasn't fed by church I, I enjoyed going to church i liked the songs i was on the usher board and all that stuff but i didn't feel like i was called the pastor i didn't feel like that was what i was called to do so i had to figure out what i was called to do so listening to good audios listening to good materials what kind of began to start instilling in me that man i have this gift to inspire people to encourage people I got involved in, in uh, student government organizations and i started becoming a student leader and that's what began to really bring the gift out so here's the question how can you, as you're listening to this podcast, how can you begin to put yourself in environments that pull on your gift, right? right? And that's what I began to do, David. And so it began to kind of grow and cultivate from there and went on to college and all that other kind of stuff. But I hope that that answers your question in terms of kind of that initial journey that kind of propelled me into this space.
1: Yeah, it does. But One thing that's very interesting uh, is that, you, you expose your own self to the gift. Like you didn't, like you said, you weren't exposed to it. You know, a lot of people that want to become speakers, right? There's like kids that have probably saw you speak or young adults that saw you speak. And they're like, Oh, I want to be like, Dell. I want to do, you didn't have that example, but you, you kind of were just like led by your own desire for certain things you feel weren't there. And, and so, how can a a, a, a a young person listening to this, how can they put themselves in that? Maybe they, what if they don't have that same self, that drive? What, what can they do with a limited access or limited resource to pull themselves toward something that may be leading them to their gift? How, how would one do that? You know what?
0: I think the answer to that question really is, I think if you, if you really there's a scripture in Proverbs that says, the purposes of a man or woman's heart are deep like waters and a man or woman of understanding draws them out. Okay? And so if you think about that, to me what that means is, it's almost like what what, what you're ultimately meant to be doing with your life is a deep thing. It's like a piece of treasure kind of hidden at the bottom of the ocean. You gotta go in like with well, some nets, right? With <laughs> some scuba gear. You gotta go s- search for that thing and excavate it and pull that hush puppy out because it's there. But so few people tap into their purpose. So few people tap into their life assignment. So few people tap into their gifting and their anointing. And then the question becomes, well, why is that? Because we live in a society that doesn't really um, teach you to go discover your purpose and live it out. We live in a society that teaches, you know, go to school, get a degree, trade that degree for salary and trade that salary to the highest bidder and basically... Rent your gift and talent out to the highest bidder and do what pays the bills versus doing what helps you live your dream. Wow. So so I'm gonna challenge everybody who's listening. If you if you want to live your purpose, it's not just gonna wake up and 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 hit you in your in your lap. You're gonna have to go figure it out. Some people say this, you know, purpose is something you decide. I don't agree. I, I believe that purpose is something that you discover. You got to discover that assignment that's on your life. Here's what I firmly believe. Every person that was dropped on this earth was dropped on this earth to solve a problem. They had, they were given gifts and talents to solve a problem. I believe this, and one of my good friends and mentors, Dr. Um, uh, actually, Bishop Noel Jones taught me this. He said, the moment that you were dropped on this earth with with a gift, at the exact same time, God put a problem on the earth. He said, now, the moment that your gift and the problem that your gift solves collide, you've reached your calling. Now, the purpose of of this discovery journey is for you to intersect with the problem that you solve. Figure out what that is. And you're supposed to spend your life living in your calling. Here's the problem. Most of us don't figure that shit out, David, until we get to the end. And it's it's so late in the journey by the time we figure out what we're really supposed to be doing, it's over.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: love right. something that, that that Jack Canfield said. Uh, Mark, Mark Victor Hansen said this actually. He said, "The problem is not that life ends so soon; it's that we wait so long to begin it." Whoa, <laughs> that is heavy. Go on, somebody. You see what I'm saying? Wow. So it's, it's 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 important, right? And I use language on purpose to break subconscious patterns, right? So hear me out you gotta figure this thing out way sooner. You don't have, you can't live like, oh, people say you can be here today and gone tomorrow. No, you can be here today and gone today. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom passed away seven years ago. And although we knew she was dealing with a lot of health challenges, she was not, we didn't see it coming. We did not see it coming when she passed. And so that was a big, big, kind of like a wow. It just, it, it, it was a gut punch
1: mm-hmm. because
0: it, was, it wasn't it was planned. And so what that taught me, David, seven years ago was that every day counts. And every single day matters. And we have to really live life with that level of intentionality. And if you live life with that level of intentionality, then figuring out what you're meant to do on this earth, what gifting, what problem you, what, 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 what is, what I say this all the time. You're the aspirin to someone's headache. The question is how long you're going to let them hurt, right? You're the Benadryl to someone's allergies, right? You're the plunger to someone's stopped up toilet. You got to figure out how to connect what it is that you do to a need in the earth. And when you do that, now, and and, and 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 that need has to be something people will pay for, right? Now, you can get paid to make it, you, you can, in other words, you can make a difference in a dollar at the same time.
1: That's what's up. Uh,
0: and I that's one that. of the things that I firmly believe. That's one of my favorite quotes, you know? Yeah. Uh, you could, you were meant to make a difference in the dollar at the same time. Oh, and working. when you get clear about that, you could change the narrative.
1: Absolutely, oh, we're gonna dive deep into that in a moment, but. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Listen, I know you're getting so much value. Um, uh, Wow. So what, what I want to ask you is about this gift process, right? Because you were blessed uh, really divinely to be able to just know and navigate and pull it at a young age. But there are, as you said, there are people that go almost to the end of their lives and still don't know what their gifts are. Still don't know. So what would be those if you had to break down the keys of what are the steps that someone can or questions or insights that they could use right now? To find that gifting, go deep. Find what's in them. Maybe they may not find the answer directly, but they find it takes them to another step, which brings them closer. Yeah. But, but what is one yeah. of those things that you would suggest?
0: A um, couple, a cu- couple key things that I think are crucial. Um, first and foremost, I think you have to ask yourself. Here's what I firmly believe: the quality of the answers you get in life are determined by the quality of the questions you ask. Tony Robbins says that, right? So if you ask a better question, you'll get a better answer. So I'm going to ask you all a series of questions. First question is, if every occupation paid the same money, what would you pick? See, most people pick occupations based upon the socioeconomic status that they're going to acquire as a result of what they they choose. But what if you had to pick a profession based upon your passion, what you love to do, right? Uh, So... The first thing is if every occupation paid the same money, let's say it paid 20 bucks an hour, every profession, the playing field was level. Everybody made 20 bucks an hour, no matter what you do. The president makes $20 an hour. The the archaeologist makes $20 an hour. The entrepreneur makes $20 an hour. The lawyer makes $20 an hour. The pro athlete makes $20 an hour. The rapper makes $20 an hour, right? Everybody makes the same money, right? If everybody made the same money, what would you do? first question I'd ask you. Second question I'd ask you is what do you adore doing? Of all your gifts and talents, what is the thing that you'd like to spend your free time doing the most of? Right? That's an important question because you got to really figure out what you love to do. Not just what you like to do, but what you love to do. And when you're doing it, time flies. When you're doing it, it is like one of those things where you just feel the sense of I can do this all day what what are some things that you do that take little preparation? You can just execute on it. It doesn't take a lot of thought. You can just almost subconsciously just get into a, a zone and just flow. Those are natural gifts. Some for some people it's cooking. There are certain people who are just anointedly gifted at cooking. There are certain people who have an eye for fashion. There are certain people. And so the problem is here's one of the biggest things. Most people know what to do, David, and they know what their gifts and talents are. They just don't believe enough in that gift and talent. And so they discount it. Or what we do is we edit our thoughts. If I were to ask you, okay, what is that gift or talent? And so fashion starts bubbling up. Before you let it really hit you at the top of your brain, you're like, ah, but, you know, there's already, you know, couture out there. There's already Mark Echo out there. There's already, you know, Dolce & Gabbana and Tory Birch and blah, 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 right? And so what you've done, Mark Echo and right, right, there's already Sean John and all this, right? So what you did is you just edited your thought. What, what you're supposed to do bubbles up. And before it can come out, what do you do? You edit the thought and you say, nah, but I couldn't do that and here's why. And so when you do that, you're literally throwing away the answer. Don't throw away the answer. Don't edit your thoughts. Just free flow. Just And just let it bubble up and just write it down. What What do you love to do? Another great question is, what do people always tell you that you're good at? It's hard to see the picture when you're the frame. So so at the end of the day, if, 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 if it's hard to see how amazing you are when you are the encasement of your amazingness it takes someone on the outside looking back at you to tell you who you are and the way people look back at you and tell you who you are is by telling you what you're good at so what do people always affirm about you and let me pause on that one if watch this if the people around you are not affirming things in you you're around the wrong people and there's nothing wrong with the gift. And there's nothing wrong with you. You're just around people that don't have the lens to see you for who you are. Get around folk that's got better contacts.
1: Somebody <laughs> needed to hear that. Yeah, that's
0: Did you hear what I just said? I'm serious. Cause yeah. see, see, there's nothing wrong with me. There's something wrong with the circle that I'm surrounding myself with. And I have to get around the circle that sees me for who I am. Come on, somebody. You see what I'm saying? Come on, somebody. Right. So, 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 if you're listening to this thing, well, I don't have the right circle. Well, okay. That's your fault. Change your circle. Get around people that believe in you. Get around people that see something in you, see more in you than you see in yourself. Well, you know, I don't, I don't, okay. Listen, they're everywhere. If, 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 well, I don't like, I don't like the people that follow me on Instagram. Okay. Unfollow them. Okay. Well, uh, I don't like how people on Facebook be doing. Okay. Then get off Facebook and start making LinkedIn your, your, your main platform. Right. Take the action to execute, to get to, to, to Exodus from what no longer serves you and Genesis into what does. Mm, Can you say that again? (laughs) Take, I mean, literally take the time. I've never said that before. Take the time to Exodus out of what no longer serves you Mm. and Genesis into what does.
1: Wow. I hope y'all take the copious. You got to give that one to Ebony. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <Well. laughs> <That's> fire, right? <laughs> so, um, wow. Now I want to kind of shift a little bit. We're going to go into more of the development phase, right? Because a lot of people, you know, they'll there are a lot of people that don't know their gift, and then there's a group of people that actually know their gift, like you said, but maybe they don't they don't have the belief. And then there's a group of people that know their gift. They have the belief, but they don't take their gift seriously and they don't develop their gift to the level of mastery. So I would love for you to to break down how, what did you do strategically to develop your gift to, to the level you have it today as one of the top speakers in the world? You did some things that other people with the same gift maybe didn't do to get to where you are. So if you can take it down us,
0: fantastic like- question, bro. Um, you know, um, when I think about when I think about it, so first of all, I think one of the greatest questions that you can ask yourself
1: is if
0: if I had three days left to live. How would I spend my time, right? And the reason why I like that question is because it it trims all the fat. <laughs> it gets rid of everything that we, that we superfluously do in our day. And it gets down to the brass tacks of what really matters. So if you had three days left to live, what indelible mark would you make and how would you make that mark? So if the answer to that question is I would create legislation that does blah, 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 blah with those three days. That's how I would leave my legacy. Then law and legislation is really what you need to be doing. If you say, man, oh, my God, I would, I would plant some of the most exotic plants I've ever, from, uh, and I would put them in uh, gardens, and I, would, and I would go and do this, blah, 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 and that's what you need to be doing. If you say, I would travel and go here, there, and everywhere, and I would document my experience, then maybe you need to be a travel blogger. Right. If you say I would cook this amazing meal for my family, I would write down all my recipes so that I could leave that. for, Maybe you need to be a chef. If you say I would speak to, I would speak to as many audiences as I, as I can. I would share my message. I would tell my story. I would inspire. I would. If you say I would lead people to the Lord, I would. You know. Then you need to be an evangelist. My point is, when you get clear about what you would do if you only had three days left to live, that really gives you a clue. As to what you really care most about and that indelible mark you want to leave on humanity. Once you get clear about what that is, now you got to go about mastering the craft. Because, David, you kind of touched on something that I'm going to say a little bit more gangster. There are only four types of purpose people on the planet. There is the unconsciously unpurposed, he or she that knows not and knows that they know not, but think and act like they know. Now, that's a fool. You never want to be number one, okay? The unconsciously unpurposed. The second type of individual is the consciously unpurposed. He or she that knows that they know not. You know there's a concept of purpose, but you know you're not operating in yours. The third type of individual is the unconsciously purposed, right? The unconsciously purposed is someone who knows not that they know. So everybody else around you sees that you're amazing at this. Everybody sees it but you everybody sees that this is what you're supposed to be doing with your life but you just haven't tapped into it and you just talk about that right and then the fourth kind of person is the consciously purpose he or she that knows and knows that they know and that's where i want you to get to i want you to get to level number four where you are consciously purposed you know that you know and you get out there once you discover for me once i discover okay speaking is what i want to do where can i go to start developing this gift right because here's the truth write this down whatever you water grows Think about that. Whatever you water grows. Whatever you put time into is what's going to grow. So if you water your job, all you're going to do is harvest more job. But if you water your job 50% of your day, then you go water your side hustle 50% of the day. The side hustle is going to grow. Come on somebody. And then you can leave your job to go out and make the side hustle happen. But you got to get clear about how you develop your gift. So first thing I, I sought out was people who were already doing my gift, right? Scripture says this, there's nothing new under the sun which means that at some level, something about what it is that you want to do has already been done. Maybe it hasn't been done at your level, but there's something about what you want to do that's already been done. There were plays and productions before Tyler Perry came along. He just took it, poured gasoline and every other accelerant on it and blew the thing up, right? Does that make sense? There were talk shows before Oprah Winfrey. She just came. And so there was some, There you could, she, she looked at Phil Donahue. She looked at other people who had already come before her does that make sense there were actors before denzel washington there were performers before james brown come on somebody there were entertainers before michael jackson what's my point there was somebody that came before you there was a miles Monroe before there was a Toro. does that make sense there's people that go before you there's there's always a john the baptist that comes before jesus metaphorically right so there's already somebody out there who's doing what you want to do you just have to go find i say this all the time success leaves clues you just have to go find them So you gotta find mentors, find a touchable mentor, find someone out there who's a living, breathing example of what's possible for what you wanna do, A. B, once you find that, yes, okay, now that I find that person, begin to start to study what it is that they've studied, find out what books they've read, find out what what training courses that they went to to begin to develop and cultivate that gift. Once you've done that, then you got to say, okay, hey, you know, how can I put my secret sauce on it? How can I put my funk on it? Because the world doesn't need another annoying echo. They need an original voice.
1: Okay, said it again.
0: The world does not need another annoying echo. They need an original voice. Mm -hmm. So now you got to say, how do I add my secret sauce to it? How do I take what's in a can and, and create a masterpiece by adding my own stuff to it? I create your own recipe for success right and and so what i began to do is i sought out so for for me in the speaking world i, I sought out my mentors and i began to start doing what it is that they told me to do and every time watch this here's this is another secret to success Whenever my mentors were in my town, or even if they weren't, I traveled to go put myself in their environment. I paid the money to go learn. I sat under the right coaching. I paid to go to conferences and boot camps and mastermind retreats. There's two ways to get wisdom, mistakes or mentors. And if you're gonna get a mentor, there's two ways to get mentors. Either you seek to serve or you pay to play. I'm gonna say that again. There's two ways to get wisdom. So if you need wisdom in anything, there's two ways to get it. Mistakes or mentors. You can bump your head a zillion times or you can find a mentor. I prefer mentors. Once you choose mentors, there's two ways to get mentors in your life. You can seek to serve or you can pay to play. I've done both. Sometimes you have to pay to play first to get in the access to get to them. Once they see that you're serious and hungry, then you can serve them. Once you get in the door. And sometimes you can serve and serve and serve and serve until they open the door. It just all depends. But so I want you to think as you're listening to this podcast right now, which one are you going to do? Who is it that you're you're going after? And how can you get your way in? Seek to serve, pay to play. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So that's what I began to do, David. I began to start seeking out the mentors. I I found the groups, the associations. There's an association for everything. Mm -hmm. There's a professional association for everything. So no matter what your career aspiration is, you can find someone out there who's already doing it and they meet in groups and they learn best practices, they network, they share ideas, they share struggles et cetera, et cetera. So find the association. I don't care if you do gaming. If if you're a video gamer, there's tons of associations, there's conferences, there's conventions, there's Comic-Cons, there's everything for gamers. If you're into Comic-Con, if you're into anime, if you're, it doesn't matter what you're into, basket weaving, you can find an association and a conference or a convention where people that love that stuff gather. Go to those places, begin to start to meet people, shake hands, exchange business cards, Right, be a vendor at these places. Go visit vendor tables. Begin to start collecting information, say, oh wow. If you want, I know a lot of, I have a lot of friends right now who um, are creating their own, like um, like, like their own oils and stuff. Like I have some female friends who do hair, but what they're starting to do is they're starting to create their own line of like, like hair care products instead of just the ones that you normally get from the store. They're, they're actually buying their own ingredients and they're creating their own stuff so that as they're doing hair on women, They can sell the stuff as they're doing. I know barbers who not only trim the guy's hair, but now they actually sell these men the beard oil that goes along with to maintain the beard. So instead of me sending you to Walmart to go buy Dudley's, you buy the stuff directly from your barber. Now that barber has an extra income stream because now they're selling uh, their own product. In addition to the service of the haircut, they're selling the product of of the oil to maintain their beards. What am I saying to you? these are these are things that you would learn by going to conferences and conventions and and, and spending time at vendor booths and understanding you'll understand sales and marketing you'll understand how people use pamphlets and banners and and this that and the other to begin to how how do they add people to their
1: email list study what's happening yeah that's gold i love that i I know the listeners are going to take massive value from that but i think there's another component that you talked about earlier that you infused with that because you, 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 like you said, you put yourself and in, in, in develop yourself, put yourself in rooms of ma- amazing mentors like, you, you know, John Maxwell, is one of your mentors, Les Brown, Willie Jolly, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, T. Jakes, Dr. Molly Rowan, the list goes on and on. Um, mm-hmm. but, but if you didn't have what your dad also instilled in you, the work ethic, mm-hmm. right, it, it doesn't matter what room you're in, right? And if you don't put, <laughs> if you don't put in that work, because right. a lot That's of right. people think that, you know, I, you just, you just fell to the top, fell, you just <laughs> fell to the no, top. You didn't fall to the top. You know, no. <laughs> you had a lot of work ethic. That, and can you speak on that? Cause I think people think to become a speaker in the top of the rung, top of the levels that you've obtained to is that they, I think they minimize the work part that goes behind the scenes, the amount of hours of practice. I mean, you yeah. think about a, a LeBron James, a, a Michael Jordan, a Serena Williams, Uh, uh, like an athlete, there's so much development and hours behind the scenes that we don't see that produces what we see. So it's the same thing for a speaker. If you could just speak on that, uh, because I don't think a lot of people understand the development that you put into your own self as far as your work ethic.
0: Yeah, man, I appreciate that. And I think that's so important. I love something that Kevin, I love something that Will Smith says. Will Smith says, "You you might be stronger than me, you might be faster than me, but you'll never outwork me, right? And then Kevin Hart says it like this. He says, everybody wants to be famous, but nobody wants to put the work in.
1: Mm.
0: And and so one of the things that I realized is that, you know, you've got to be willing to, to put the work in. Watch this, you know, it's, it's funny, because people think that to become an entrepreneur, you actually work less than you do working for someone else. And one of the things that I teach people is if you're gonna be an entrepreneur, you're gonna work harder than you did when you worked for someone else. Now, the thing is, you get to do what you love. You get to do what you enjoy. But even when you do what you love and enjoy, there are aspects about doing what you love and enjoy that you're not going to love and enjoy. Because there's the administrative part of running a business, running an enterprise. and There's all kinds of stuff about that that you're not going to enjoy. And until you have the first power to outsource it, you got to learn to do some of that stuff yourself. Right. So uh, I think it's so important that you do have that that work ethic that says, listen, I'm willing to get up early sometimes and stay up late sometimes. And I'm willing to, to to be. I say this all the time, you got to be like a stamp, stick to one thing until it delivers. You got to be like a stamp, stick to one thing until it delivers. Imagine, imagine if and this is, we live in a world where everybody just jumps from one thing to the next. We don't live in that world where everybody's really consistent and sticking to one thing. And so it's like they jump from this to this, to this, to this, to this, to this to that that and the other. But I mean, no package that you ship would ever arrive if the postage on the package kept jumping from package to package right? If your little $7.50 little that you put on your priority mail package decided, you know, I think her package is a little bit more attractive. I'm gonna jump over there for a little bit. That your original package would never arrive if the postage kept jumping,
1: mm-hmm. right?
0: So at some point you gotta stick to something until that thing <laughs> manifests, right? <laughs> and you gotta be willing to sit on that egg until it hatches. Mm. and, and, and I've done reality television, I've done conferences, I've done, you know, infomercials, uh, I mean, mentoring, coaching, uh, speaking, I mean, just you name it, but none of it manifested until I was willing to stick with it, Mm. stick with that thing until it manifests. And I think that that's something that you got to figure out whatever it is that you decide to do with your life. Is it something that you're willing to stick with? I don't care if you want to be a master, uh, dog trainer, right are you willing to stick with it you know when 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 the first time uh, you know a, a, a animal you train passes and and it's heart wrenching are you going to stick with it or are you going to quit right are you going to stick with it when the first time you try a new maneuver and the, and the animal that you thought loved you to death bites you are you going to stick with it right are you going to stick with it when 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 you go through a divorce and, and You got to start over financially and emotionally and spiritually and everything else like that. you got to you got to split your friends in half and half of your friends side with your ex. And you got to build up a whole new social life. Mm. Right. You got you got you got to decide what you're willing to stick with. Mm. And so you got to figure out not only what you love, but what are you willing to stick with in the good times, and the bad, good market, bad market, good economy, bad economy. You know, before social media, I mean, when I was building my speaking career, social media did not exist did not exist the only thing that was out was my space when i was building my speaking career that was it you know and so youtube wasn't in it wasn't around there was no such thing as facebook there was no such thing as google google did not exist <laughs> There was no such thing as airbnb and ways and and all all these are new things that have just come out right and thank god i've been able to keep a, my business afloat before during and after all these amazing new uh innovations that have come along but you've got to be willing to put the work ethic in and you've got to be willing to stick to it so there's two aspects it's the work and it's the perseverance mm. because i know people who have good work ethic but as soon as they encounter one storm wow. they quit right so that's where it's more of a perseverance which is the push throughing adversity that's why i wrote a book called thriving through your storms because you've got to be willing to to push through and not give up when it gets difficult because it's going to get hard it's going to get challenging, right? You're going to experience setbacks, and 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 if you're not, and here's here's one of the biggest things, David, that I think stops people from l- going making the transition from their job into living their dream full out, is they're they they most people aren't willing to work as hard for themselves as they are for someone else. Whoa! I can't say how many people i mentor and coach, who um, say, oh, I want, I want to be a speaker, I want to change the world, I want to help people, I want to do all this great stuff but they don't want to put a 10th of what they put into a 30 year career in something else into this. But then they just wanted to just blow up for them. I'm like, okay, you, you were a vice president of so-and-so bank for 25 years. Did that just happen overnight? No. Did you have to put in late nights and early mornings? Yep. Did you have to do this? Did you have to sacrifice? Boom. Did you have to do this? Did you have to eat humble pie? Yeah. Did you have to, uh, you know, climb to the top, fall, climb to the top, fall, climb to the top, fall over 25 years? Yep, absolutely. Did you lose friends? Yes, absolutely. Did you make new friends? Yes, absolutely. Did you go through relationship changes? Yes, absolutely, right? Did you fall flat on your face in front of people you loved and care about? Yes, absolutely. They say they did all that, okay? But how come you're not willing to do that in your own business? Ooh. And a lot of people aren't willing to take that amazing work ethic that they had in one, in one industry and parlay that over into something else to create the success. Wow. And if you're not willing to parlay, then you can't. You can't expect it to manifest.
1: That's, wow, that's great. <laughs> you know, i never thought about that. That's that's definitely a, a lot of thought for, for those to think about right now. Um, uh, so now I kind of want to talk about the third level, right? So we talked about the discovery phase. We talked about the development, so just hope, hopefully everybody, you're taking notes, Dale gave you a bunch of insights. This is an episode you're gonna to need to listen to like 12, 30. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> Dale just gives you so much wisdom in a short amount of time. So so we've talked about the discovery, we've talked about the development and the hard work ethic and the surrounding yourself in the right environment. But now I wanna talk about the part that I, I feel is the least talked about part and a, a part you have an amazing command on and, and is as well, uh, is the distribution right, distributing mm. the gifts. Mm. Now taking what you said, making, making a dollar and a difference, right, yeah. a lot of people can develop that gift, right, to this certain level, certain plateau, now they've got they've got this mastery, but now they're struggling with, how do I make money off of becoming this master dog trainer? How do yeah. I make money off of becoming this master amazing speaker, or, right. or whatever it is? So can you talk to us about the principles? Because I know one thing you've always said is that, you are, and I may butcher it, you can correct me on this, but you are a full time marketer and a part time speaker, meaning that you you speak full time, but what I mean is that you spend even more time on the business yes. of, of your craft and seeing yes. your craft yeah. shown out there. Exactly. So Exactly. Yeah.
0: You're gonna spend so 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 I love how you broke that down into the you know, the the what was the first phase? The what was the first, first D Discovery. Discovery, the development, and the distribution—gorgeous deeds, brother, gorgeous. And so, um, I think what's what's powerful is in order for the in order for us to get to distribution, you gotta if you if you didn't do a good job at watch this if you didn't do a good job at mastering your craft during the development phase, then you're putting glaze on stale donuts.
1: <laughs> we call we call Dale the metaphor monster. <laughs> Send it again! Oh my
0: goodness. <laughs> if 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 you do not, if you if you're distributing without mastery, if you have not taken the time to really develop the gift, and you go straight from discovery to distribution, and you skip over development and mastery, right? Then you're putting glaze on stale donuts. Because you're putting glitz and, and and veneer and 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 you're putting you're putting uh, um, polyurethane on foolishness because you haven't mastered your gifting yet. Mm. So it looks great, but it's whack. That's right. Right. And that's not, uh, not, not, not. I I have a guilty pleasure. I am not the person to ask to go pick up Krispy Kreme donuts for the for the office meeting. Cause half of them be gone by the time I get to the office meeting. Cause I'm, you know, but what I love about a Krispy Kreme donut is that it's gorgeous on the outside and soft and warm on the inside. It is just as good inside as it is outside. So don't let your marketing take you where your live presentation can't sustain you.
1: Woo! Message.
0: Okay, and we live in a world now where marketing is cheap. You can get everything on Fiverr now, so you can do all of this stuff to distribute. But what, what am I distributing if I have whack? If I have a whack product, make sure your product is tight. And once your product game is tight, then you can share it with the world. So I made sure. I, so as a part of my development, I joined Toastmasters in college, David. Mm. I joined Toastmasters when I was in graduate school at Florida State. I, we met in the back. We met, We met in the back room of a Western Sizzler. Yeah. <laughs> And I also started working on, on on developing that gift of speaking, et cetera, et cetera. My mentors helped me develop the gift of speaking. NSA helped me develop the business side of speaking. But being around, seeing, watching, studying speakers, coming home and watching and, and taking notes and journaling and, and, and practicing in the mirror and walking to the school bus every day, practicing quotes helped me develop the gift. And then, then I had to actually deliver the gift. And as I'm delivering the gift, I'm making every presentation better and better and better. And then I finally get to the last stage, which like you said, distribution, which is getting it out to the masses. I started speaking for anybody that would listen. I spoke for chicken dinners, fish dinners, come on somebody, you name it. I was doing it because I wanted to get my message out there. I was was actively pursuing opportunities where I could just get any speech, even over lunch. I would do lunch and learns. I did whatever I could to try to get my message and get my name out there. And so I was distributing the gift. Nowadays, it's more easier than ever because you have so many free ways to distribute your gift on YouTube, on on platform, podcast platforms, on on social media platforms. It's easy now to distribute your gift. But once you distribute the gift again, then you have to figure out: okay, now it's out there. How do I monetize it though? Right? Because a lot of the ways to distribute now are free. And and watch this: the very ble- the the very, the very internet that blesses you curses you. Because the very internet that blesses you with the distribution also says the majority of the stuff that you can get, you can get it for free. Mm-hmm. So how do you get a customer to now pay you for something? Good point. And they can get a lot of different examples of stuff that's free. That's where you got to make sure that you go back to the development piece and make sure that you built enough value in what you say that makes people want to invest in working with you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. Gold. So 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 for me as a part of the distribution please you got to be getting out and I say this all the time get in front of people that won't give you an amen. Get in front of people that don't look like you. Right? The majority of my income is generated from folks that are not African American. You know? Um and it's and it's not that that's not intentional. It's just I realized that my gift is a humanity gift. Is I was meant to bless humanity, right? And I love my people, I love my race, Black lives matter the whole 9 yards, right? I want all of it. But at the end of the day, I'm very clear about the fact that, you know, money is green. Mm. <laughs> That's true. I like my audience to clap with their wallet. You know what I'm saying? And a <laughs> wallet has no race. i we'll talk about that later. Let <laughs> <Does that> me mean- <laughs> I'm just being honest, right? So it's like, we, 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 we gotta take the time and, and consider these things. So as it pertains to how people distribute, my biggest piece of advice is as you distribute, right? distribute in such a way that you're clear about who you want to distribute to because if you try to be um not everybody's gonna like you and you got to be okay with that oprah was okay with the fact that she was not a thin like barbie doll she was okay with the fact that she was a plus-size full-figured television personality even though she's had her little whatevers i mean the majority of her career i mean she's been more either curvy or full-figured and that's who she is right Right? Luther Vandross right? Was more of a bigger guy. We had small Luther and big Luther. Everybody liked big Luther better. Right? <laughs> right. What, what, what's, what's my point? I mean, I mean, I think sometimes we live in a very superficial world. And everybody gets so caught up in looks and having this Instagram body or whatever, whatever, whatever. Forrest Whitaker ain't never had abs. Come on, somebody. <laughs> One of the best actors on the planet. You know, Samuel L. Jackson doesn't have a six pack. Right. Probably never will. I'm, my, You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What is my what is my point? Right. My point. You know, Just do people. Does people care whether James Earl Jones. Right. <laughs> you know, you know, has triceps and biceps and, and cat. No, you want to hear that voice.
1: Right.
0: Get clear about what you're get, get clear about what you're distributing. And when you get clear about what you're distributing, don't let all of the foolishness on the social media and the Internet make you discount the quality of what you're distributing get it out to as many people as possible. That's good. Got to get it out to as many people as possible. And you got to have an attitude that says, and I'm going to close out on this, David, you got to have an attitude that says that my gift and my talent matters. Right. right? And in spite of other people around that have other um, qualities and advantages that might out, that might surpass mine, I'm still it. I'm still the ish, if that makes sense. And I say that, And uh, because, you know, one of my mentors, Dr. Miles Monroe taught me this years ago and I've taken the metaphor and expanded it quite a bit ever since. So we all know universally that the lion is the king of the jungle, right? right? Lions, the king of the jungle. But if you really look at it, uh, the lion is the king of the jungle. But there's a lot of other animals that have a lot more qualifications than the lion. Mm -hmm. Lion is not the tallest animal in the jungle. The giraffe is. The lion is not the smartest animal in the jungle. The monkey is. The lion is not the most agile animal in the jungle. The snake is. The lion is not the fastest animal in the jungle. The cheetah is. The lion is not the heaviest animal in the jungle. The hippopotamus is. Come on, somebody. Mm. <laughs> you saying so? The, so so, so the, the, the lion is not the the biggest pound for pound animal in the jungle. The elephant is. Mm. The lion is not the most populous animal in the jungle. The ant is. But yet, right, with all of those things that it doesn't have, it's still the king of the jungle. Why? Because he believes that all those other animals are lunch. Mm. He looks at every one of them and says, man, that's lunch. Wow. For me and my family. Mm. I can eat that thing. He believes enough in himself and he believes, watch this, in his position. So, yeah, you might find people on the internet who are bigger, stronger, faster, more agile, more populous, right? Faster, you know, quicker, right? Taller, stronger. Oh, you cool. gotta believe that you're the king or the queen. Of your gift Of your talent Of your ability Of your skill Of your anointing Of what God put on the inside of you And when you own that Then you can experience what scripture says And your gift will make room for you And place you before kings and queens
1: Oh, damn, man, you just, <laughs> man Oh, my God I wish we had even more time But I just Last thing I really want to uh, Man, thank you, man I'm blessed I know listeners I know, I know I already know know <laughs> our listeners are called doers. So it's time to do on all these things that, that Dell has said and shared with us. But Dale, I, I obviously, as we believe in the power of distributing one's gift, that one of the ways is you have to market your gift. So can you tell us about some of the resources and the ways that people can, and we're gonna have this in the show notes, all the, all the different links, but tell us some of the resources and uh, programs and things, because I know a lot of people are want, gonna want to learn from you and, and take their speaking gifts or or learn from you to how they can develop themselves.
0: Yeah, David, I appreciate that, man. So uh, everything about us online is is predominantly, you can find it through uh, just by searching our first name. So uh, our primary website is delatoro.com. D-E-L-A-T-O-R-R-O. That's D-E-L-A-T-O-R-R-O. Delatoro.com is our primary website. Um, and, uh, we have several books that are, um, that are available on Amazon. If you're an audible person, if you like listening to audio, audio, books, we have several books that are on audible that you can take advantage of. Um, one of the best books that I would love, I think it'd be a great initial starting point for you. If you've enjoyed this conversation and this narrative about speaking and, and developing your, uh, influencer gift of speaking and communication is a book that I wrote book number seven, which is called platinum presentations. 52 Tips to Speak with Confidence, Win Your Audience, and Grow Your Bank Account. And you can go to PlatinumPresentationsBook.com. That's PlatinumPresentationsBook.com to pick up that book and that audio book. You will love it. It's a phenomenal introduction into my teachings on public speaking and presentation. And I think the very next level stage that you can go to from that is our brand new online course, which I'm so incredibly excited about, and that's called Crush Your Sales. Profitable, persuasive presentation skills for sales professionals and entrepreneurs. And if you are someone who whose income is predicated upon your ability to give presentations, and that's so many different people in so many different industries, then you must, absolutely must uh, register and enroll in our brand new online course. And the website for that is crushthesale.com. That's crushthesale.com. And that's a fantastic resource. I'm gonna give you a quick tip while you're listening to this podcast. If you go and order the course, Crush Your Sales from the website, crushthesale.com, we actually bonus you the book that I just talked about, the Platinum Presentations book. We actually bonus that book to you when you buy the course. So if I was you, What I would do is I would jump headlong into uh, allowing me to become an online mentor of yours through our incredible online course that your mentor, because you're listening to this podcast, uh, David D. Simons and his incredible organization uh, helped us to create uh, this amazing online course called Crush Your Sales. And so um, I would go to the website, get the online course it comes with a bunch of free bonuses and the book is a part of that free bonus. So that's the, that's what I would do, I would start with that because then you're gonna get 30 videos of me, with me, one-on-one, downloadable PDF worksheets that you can use to go go right along with the content. And it's a fantastic way to take yourself to school, to grow, to nurture, to cultivate yourself so you can cultivate those skills. Make sure you follow us on all of our social media, everything on social media, Twitter, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook is all at Delatoro. So just Follow us on all of our social media platforms. We're really intentional about growing our Instagram right now. So make sure you jump over to Instagram. We do something called the Delatoro Dash, where we take 60 seconds and we share powerful, motivational monster tips. And these are all like in the form of metaphors, which is crazy. Uh, and, and and they'll just bless your whole life. They really will. So follow us on Instagram at Delatoro. And we'd love to just stay connected with you, help you grow, help you help you stretch, and help you get 1% better every day.
1: Love it, Dell. Um, I just had to hit you with our final question, which we ask every attendee, and I know you got to run. Uh, is this question, Dell? What is the the difference? And so we're gonna have all that in the notes. Please buy up everything, Dell. Got. He's got so much value to offer. <laughs> um, what is the difference between one's gift and one's purpose? What's hmm. the difference between one's gift? So your gift, um, in my hum-
0: humble opinion, your gift is the your gift is the so for example my gift is the ability to speak my purpose is to heal transform accelerate amplify does that make sense so your gift is the actual tactical skill your purpose is how you use that tactical skill to heal bless and enhance humanity does that make sense so 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 if you're the aspirin of someone's headache, right, the actual aspirin itself is the gift. How you show up in places to distribute that gift to help heal humanity is living out your purpose, right? So you might say, okay, I want to heal single moms with my aspirin. Awesome. I want to heal hurting entrepreneurs with my aspirin. Awesome. Because a headache is a headache. There's a million people that have headaches. You can solve headaches for different people. You get some people like to solve headaches for celebrities. Great. I saw, I have friends of mine who life coach for celebrities. So they've geared their coaching practice to coach celebrities. They like to coach high affluent affluent people. That's the problem they decided to solve in the earth. Great, I know certain people who like to preach in the inner city, they just love that gully gritty kind of ugh, right, that, it, it, that's their thing. That They're using their same aspirin, they're just solving a problem for a specific demographic. So gift is the tactical, purpose is the execution and how it is used to heal humanity.
1: Wow, well said, well said my brother. Thank you so much. Listeners, I know you were blessed, I was blessed. <laughs> we'll every day that knows oh my goodness this was definitely one of the best episodes we've ever done here so thank you <laughs> thank you so much for- love you brother proud of you man thank you sir wow Tremendous. i all over the world struggling to find it dear listener i would like to thank you so much for listening to how i discovered my gift with yours truly david d simons as a token of my appreciation, I would love to give to you my most important piece of work to date, and it's called the Purpose Gift Tape. It's a motivational mixtape geared towards helping you to identify your gifts, which ultimately lead to you discovering your purpose. This is a six-track album I poured my heart and soul into. and includes beautiful beats and amazing spoken word over it. And I'd love to give that to you as a free gift as a token of my appreciation for being a part of the community. So to get your copy, all you need to do is go to podcast.daviddsimons.com. That's podcast.david, the middle initial D, Simons, S-I-M-O-N-S, dot com, and get yours today. Thank you for being a listener. I'll catch you on the next episode.